And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Black and Blue Pod. I am your host, as always, Matt McLaughlin, back from a three-week stretch. A little bit of an absence there, but, you know, college life gets in the way of things and also pure laziness. But anyway, back three weeks. I'm with Timmy Gorman. And also, before this gets started, like on iTunes, the Apple Podcast, leave the five stars, do the whole nine yards. And uh, yeah, just do that. Get that out of the way. And also check out our YouTube channel. Also check out my interview with Chima Okoli. He is a former Penn State football player, played both ways. And now he consults different colleges on name, image, likeness. And I figured that was a cool interview to have because college football is about to be fucked this year with NIL. Uh, But yeah, let's just jump right into it. Just some quick hitters. These are just things I'm just going to talk about like legit just list off of them. I looked at the ESPN.com and just looked at the headline section. Uh, <laughs> Miguel Cabrera, Tiger Slugger, one of the, the best Tigers players of all time. Hit number career home run number 500. He's the first Venezuelan born player to do that. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo asked Juventus to bench him uh, today. And there are rumors that maybe this is a sign that he's going to leave the club. And, uh, and also this past week, Uh, On Thursday, Miami officials arrested Rayshon Jones, who was the teammate of uh, University of Miami player Brian Pata, who was uh, tragically shot and killed in 2006 after coming home from practice. Uh, And that that case was lingering on for about 15 years and finally looks like they got the guy. So, uh, yeah, those are just some quick headlines. Uh, We're going to be talking about the Phillies. Uh, One uh, known Sports media personality could be leaving a signature show from a big network, and we're going to be talking about college football. So let's just jump right into it. Philadelphia Phillies breaking my fucking heart, giving me hope, and then just taking it away in an instant. Swept by the one of the worst teams in baseball in the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Braves go ahead and take first place. They're about five games up now. We're recording this on Sunday. This episode will probably come out Monday or Tuesday. The Braves are in first place now. The Phillies go into San Diego, win the first game. You're thinking, okay, maybe they bounce back here. Aaron Nola takes the bump in the second game of the series. And what happens? The offense lets him down, and defensive blunders pop up again as a wild ball gets past, uh, I think it was Andrew Knapp in the the 10th inning, and the winning run scores for San Diego, destroying what was a great outing for Aaron Nola. And we're recording this on the series finale. They're tied one-to-one. As no, they're up. They're, they're up three one now in the bottom of the fourth. I just checked. Oh, perfect. All right. Well, uh, but yeah. So we'll do this first, Phillies. I mean, do you think there's any shot that they have making the playoffs, or is this team just too inconsistent? They're just too inconsistent. I think it's. I was. You know, it's the same way. It was like, oh, this is. What was that seven eight game winning streak? And yeah, it was like, oh, finally this is awesome. Maybe we'll get to see playoff baseball for the first time in 10 years. And then they just went and became the Phillies all over again. And, you know, deep sigh. Um, I don't know. Hoskins is back today. He homered already, which is a good start. Um, They sent bomb down, Mm -hmm. which is not going to do anything good for his confidence. Like, was he having a good year? No, he wasn't. No. Um, but I think, well, I should say this. He's having a better year than people think, and he's not even the worst hitter on our team. Uh, I would probably be 
you know, batting average wise, maybe Brad Miller or DD. Um, yeah. He's just had two really bad stretches, one to start the year mm-hmm. and this last like three weeks or so. In between that, he hit like 330. Yeah. He was like our best hitter outside of Harper and Segura. Like mm-hmm. if you look at the stats, he's still young. I'm not giving up on him. I know a lot of Phillies fans have already and they're like, oh, he doesn't have it. And it's like it's one year, you know. If we yeah. if we gave Vince Velasquez 17 years, you know, <laughs> worth of chances and every other person, I mean, shit, we tried out Don Brown. We tried it out Don Brown in the right field because he was the future for how many years and what did we get? We got one good half yeah. of the season out of him and that was it. So, yeah, I'm not, you know, he just, he just needs to retool in the offseason. That said, sure. about the rest of them, I just the offense isn't consistent enough. Um, you know, when we were hitting, we couldn't get starting pitching. Now the starting pitching is going out and, you know, you got Wheeler having a Cy Young type year. Kyle Gibson's been a solid pickup. Um, two of his three starts were very excellent. Um, he just didn't get a win in the third one because the offense, again, let him down. Yeah. Nola looked like an ace again last night, um, which we know at this point he's not, right? We, I think we've all come to that agreement that at best, I don't know. Best day, like, he's a two. I'm not going to lie. I'm so on the fence because I want to say it's like something with his mechanics or maybe he just needs to tweak something. And he's just having a – he's exhausted for whatever reason. Like, I want to give him that adjustment year. But, yeah, it just looks like he's exhausted from the years of dominating and, like, coming out of the league, going fresh into, like, the Phillies rotation as one of the best pitchers in the rotation already. I think he's just exhausted from that, you know? It's – it's I think it's a lot of things. I think he's probably a little mental, too. Because the way I look at it is, obviously, baseball is a game that relies on considerable – amount of luck like there's yes. no it's a it's 162 games you know a, a good average is three is three like 333 when you break that down it's like what like you know like when you think about it like hitting when you're hitting 333 you're an excellent hitter and that still means you only get a hit one out one like every uh three at bats three at bats yeah you you go three for ten so yeah. think about that um, and that's why we'll never, I'll never do math again in this segment. Because um, <laughs> I struggled with the, that simple arithmetic. <laughs> Struggling with and, fractions and you, here. and you wonder why my high school doesn't exist anymore. Um, so, <laughs> you wonder why I'm a broadcast journalism major. Yeah, right. Um, so, uh, yeah, so when you look at it, like, it's, it, it's incredible luck and skill. You need to be very good at what you do. But um, I just you, – you, so I, my point is what I'm trying to say is, as I stumble over my words, is that um, I don't think you go 18-3. You can't be that lucky. Yeah. Like, you can luck into a season where, like, you're like, you know, a guy gets an all-star game nod. But an 18-3 yeah, and three or, campaign or with, like, a two-something ERA, that means you have something somewhere. Yeah. Now it doesn't mean you're gonna always go eighteen and three, but it means you have at least enough skill and you and enough of a craft that you've honed to do something in this league. So I, I'm like you. 
I want to like I'm on the fence because I want to be like when he's on his game, he's a beautiful pitcher to watch. Mm-hmm. He moves the ball in and out of the zone, up and down. He's got his two seam. He's got his four seam working great. He knows when to throw the hammer. You know, it's it, when his it when all, his pitches when his pitches have life to them. You know, like it's like it's Clayton Kershaw. It's Clayton Kershaw level stuff. And my biggest concern is like the Phillies front office takes this year, and then they decide, oh, we got to look into trading him because we need a new spark or something like that. Like right. that's like he's he's his play isn't terrible, but it's bad compared to where he was. Exactly. And I don't want that to be like. Dombrovsky's dumbass is just like we got to trade this guy now, and it's like really right? because that's all the he one knows good how to spot. Do. Yeah, that's all Dombrovsky knows how to do. He's an idiot. He doesn't know how to. He doesn't know how to build teams. He only knows how to acquire them. But the, but even then, he didn't do that this year. Right. Craig Kimbrell, Craig Kimbrell on that sinking ship that is the Chicago Cubs couldn't figure out a price for him like that. What what is happening? Well, it's also when you look at it, Matt, this is the previous, this is the fault of the previous regimes and how shitty we've been, you know, we we got stuck back with back-to-back bad GMs. And that's how you end up with this shit farm system. Like everyone wants to always, like the famous thing was like back when, you know, they were really really good. Everyone always wanted to hammer Ed Wade and say that like Ruben Omar was a genius. If you look at those, those world, that world series team, it was an Ed Wade team. Ruben Amaro didn't do anything for that team. Yeah, yeah. It was Ed like, Wade and Gillick. And then Amaro gave him bloated contracts when we on we all know right. how that worked out. And then you know he 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 the only person I think he would have drafted was Nola, right? Yeah. And it's the only person he did draft. And then don't even get me started on Boy Wonder Clentac. Oh, he's a sabermetric. I don't give a fuck what he is. He sucks. <laughs> and I, the fact that he's still in the front office. I don't I, that, that boggles my mind. So then, what did they, they go to do? Like, you need to go hit a home run. You need to get somebody like that you know can build. Um, someone like uh, a Theo Epstein, or yeah. even like Ben Cherrington, who's out in Pittsburgh. Like all these guys. Instead, they go and they hire a guy who is so far gone from what current baseball needs to be like. And he's really like, oh, he's got a successful track record. Yeah. He's only successful if he has a farm system that he can purge mm-hmm. to go buy proven talent. And then he he sinks you into a hole. Like, look at how bad the Red Sox were a year after they won the World Series because they traded everybody off. Yeah. 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 It's like, it just, so, it's just a, it's a vicious cycle. And uh, let's the wrap Tigers still haven't recovered it from him. Yeah. No, 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 no. It, it's a valid, it's a valid thing to point out. It's like, if we just trade everyone and try and, build like this super team in baseball then what what good is that going to do in the future when the players decide to retire get injured whatever um but in the future i i, I think i i've lost hope i really have like, right it's as much as i want to pull myself back into this team i can't do it i can't it's like it, there's just no way because the Braves are like what four or five games up. Like, on, they're like four or five up. Yeah, God, they gotta be at this point. And they're just rolling without Ronald Acuna Jr. I just and the pitching. It's either the hitting isn't isn't doing well and the pitching is fantastic, or the pitching sucks and the, the offense is still putting up like ten runs a game. So it never mm-hmm. makes any sense. And I think it's you gotta look this off season. Need to do some retooling. I would probably look into dealing. McCutcheon or Didi, 
but you gotta you gotta get some fresh pieces get some younger pieces especially too just to say like hey five years we can bank on this player being here for five years at this position whatever right and we talk about the prospects i'm gonna end this here what happened to the prospects that we were raving about in like the early 2014 2017 whatever jp crawford traded jorge alfaro traded Sixto sanchez traded uh Scott Kingery, not worked out. Alec Boom, struggling. Aaron Nola, not what he once was. And so what point is it Nick, like? Nick Williams never worked out. Nick Williams was um, a He was mediocre. supposed to be the big that big part of that cold tree was Alfaro and Nick Williams and uh, the one pitcher. And all, all three of them are either out of baseball or not in this town anymore. Yeah, Jake Thompson. Like That's it. Yeah. So at what point – you got to look in the mirror, maybe make a front office change. I don't fucking know, but something's got to change, and they got to bring in some some new juice, some new juice and see what happens. But uh, but let's let's keep it rolling just because I don't want this to take up too much time. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but there's a report that Max Kellerman's expected to leave first take very soon, and I think the sports media world was, like, kind of rejoicing a little bit, or at least the fans were like, thank God we don't have to hear him and Stephen A go at it back and forth. Uh, I mean, we can, this doesn't have to be too long, but like, what would you think about this when you saw this news? It's just, it's um, ESPN. And I think it's just like, they're trying to just freshen up, you know, yeah. it's, I don't know. I, I can't stand any of those shows anymore. Like I only reason I watch ESPN is either if I need to check a score or there's a game on outside of that, it's like, they're all just, it's all for um, clickbait. Every everything will sing every single thing they do is clickbait. Um, you know, every couple of years, one of these big people leave. I what I'm concerned more about is Jackie McMullen. Yeah, that's oh, what that's yeah. what that's what I care more about is because she is phenomenal at her job, always has been. I love to listen to her when she goes on Simmons podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I really enjoy her writing. And um, the fact of the matter is that, that, that more people or care probably were making more of a think about Max Kellerman when they should be busy honoring the legacy of Jackie McMullen's career. Uh, well, uh, as much as we don't like, well, as much as we don't like it as fans, people have seen Max Kellerman more because of his idiotic stuff. It gets shared. Mm-hmm. It gets, people Which say, is... like, look at this dumbass, what he said on television. And it gets it gets the pop. And for someone who grew up with First Take being popular, that show has been big since I was in high school and before then. Right. And this, to me, symbolizes the point where, say what you want about Max Kellerman, Stephen A. Smith, the First Take is ESPN's prime, prime property. That's that's the mansion that's on the best location. And if they're breaking up that pair, this may, in my opinion, this is the moment where we look back and say, oh, that's where ESPN just went full throttle with the streaming. And it's the end of ESPN as a cable company, but I think they will do fine as ESPN plus and all that type of stuff. Once you, I get more, more into there. I think you can stick anyone across from Stephen A. Cause he knows that's what true. To do. Like he, like when you take him out of the setting where he has to be a trigger to people, yeah. he's like, actually like, you're like, Oh, okay. Like I respect what you're saying, but when he's yeah. like just being a trigger and being an idiotic D bag, it's like, Never mind. Like I, I can't, you know, and it's one of, but, one of the yeah. rumors, one of the rumors I saw online was like, they may just make it a Stephen A versus the world where like 
he may just like uh argue with people that like submit their videos online or something like that i'm like that's gonna suck like like gym room basically yeah you're gonna give him a gym room show yeah and that's just gonna suck and i think in my opinion this is <laughs> this is it's gonna be so bad i don't like you i don't really tune into espn for anything else like i don't even follow the jump that much and that's a very quality good quality show um but other than that i'm like like I'm like you, it's all it's all clickbait. Well, like I don't I don't want to watch, I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch some old dudes going back and forth. It's crazy that that's what ESPN has become because I remember when this shit didn't exist when I was younger, and i you know obviously I got twelve years on you, but yeah. like I remember like when first take and part of the interruption and all that stuff were new, and it was part of something called cold pizza. It what was like, fuck? that was like the, that was like the show that it was on ESPN too. And it's like, and it almost died. Like some of the, it's like the iterations it was paired with are gone, but it's like crazy. Like that, that's what ESPN really is now. And then until you get to the nighttime and then, then it's sports, but it's like yeah. outside of the college game days. Yeah. I could really care, care to two shits about it. Like I said, yeah. it's, it's sad that that's what they're more focused on, like promoting and talking about when they should be doing nothing but like having people write tributes to Jackie McMullen who, and another, like another big thing about her is that she earned her stripes during a time when women in sports didn't exist. I know you can look now and you have all these people in there. You have Rachel Nichols, you have um, Maria Taylor, Maria Taylor. You got, uh, uh, what's her name? That's uh, married to Jalen Rose. Oh, uh, Molly Karam. Molly Karam. Um, you got, uh, you know, Linda Cohen was one of the other ones that kind of broke the barrier. Uh, you got Holly. Um, yeah, there's uh, there's a lot. There's, there's a so lot many more... of them. That's yeah, my point. A... Yeah. And the, one of the people she, that they all probably would say the reason for is Jackie McMullen is, and probably Linda Cohen or like the two mm-hmm. ones that, you know, were, were, you know, the early trendsetters to have a woman covering male sports and you know that doesn't I don't think that ever gets mentioned enough and all this stuff that we're talking about you know in the world today with people wanting to celebrate certain things like I feel like that's not something that uh, ever really gets brought up and it should it should I I totally agree it's but she comes across as someone that doesn't want the spotlight on her right that much like this was the news that she was retiring at the end of this month came out from like ESPN's Twitter account. Didn't come out from like her specifically or anything like that. And people were, you know, send out the casual tweets and I think that's fine, but um, yeah, I agree. She's just a big part of the company and a big part of a, a different generation of sports writing as everyone now is just shifting more towards entertainment and it's a business that i gotta get involved in and pay attention well that's why barstool sports is gonna go to the fucking moon and that's why they have a bowl game they are going to be broadcasting a college Mm -hmm. football bowl game which is weren't there rumors that they're gonna like get like the streaming rights for like everything or for like like one of the leagues or something like that so there are rumors that they are um in talks with major league baseball about uh, getting broadcasting rights, but and, and nothing's been set in stone yet, and I haven't really uh-huh. heard anything. But the the Arizona Bowl has been confirmed already. Right? Yeah, I and, know that. 
there's a reason why is because people love if you're going to be doing debate stuff you have to take off the restrictions you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like the fcc restrictions are they're in place for a reason but the barstool does a good job of just letting people be people and be themselves right and when it's with when we watch espn it's like I don't even feel like you are believe half the shit you're saying. (laughs) I know. I agree. There is no way that um, Max believes that like Shaq wasn't the best player in the NBA at his prime or something like that, whatever the fucking thing is. But it's like, do you really believe that? I just think I'm just calling bullshit on that. And that where it feels like a betrayal. It's, it's a bunch of shit. And I think Rosillo, I think Rosillo talks about that. Like he, he kind of hints at that and how like it was, it's a very, it's all scripted. It's scripted yeah. for them and how ESPN wants to, you know, whereas you go and listen to part of my take or even Simmons podcast or anything with the ringer and especially Rosillo, like there is just zero fucks given. And, yeah. but they do it in a way where it's not just like, you know, a bunch of drunken guys at a bar getting in an argument, being like, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. like they do it in a way where it's still knowledgeable and it comes off and the presentation is done correctly. Like, but like you could, that's the reason why Barcelona got one, got a show with ESPN and it lasted one day because oh my God. that's not what they are. And I think, you know, if anything, the marketing and like the attention they got from that, from ESPN doing that, worked in Barcelona's favor 10 times more than it did. Like that really started to get them noticed more than, you know, being like your, you know, your your college brother's favorite, favorite thing to listen, their cover sports or something. Yeah. And, um, and they use Barstool I've noticed uses like the prisoner of the moment thing in a very different way compared to like everyone else. Mm -hmm. as soon as the Bucks win the championship, I saw something that was like from some Instagram accounts, one of the networks. It was like, would you rather have KD's two rings or Giannis's one ring? And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking it's about? So right, it's so dumb. Giannis is a guy that came from Greece, was sending money back to his family. And I'm not even what the fuck are we talking about? KD came from poverty in the DMV area. Worked his way up to Texas, learned dribbling at like really effectively using a pull-up jumper and learning like the fundam not the fundamentals, but like just honing his honing his craft at Texas. Either way, these guys are athletes that we will not comprehend at any fucking level. So why the fuck are we just gonna pit them against each other? It's the dumbest idea. I know yeah. it's all fucking clickbait. It's, it's, it's like, the stupid, stupidest, stupidest. Like I'm like every this little is, thing. This is why KD doesn't like the media because you ask stupid questions like that to your fans and you think that that is what your fans want to read or that's what your audience wants to read. And I, no, it doesn't. They'll, the, tomorrow it'll be like Miguel Cabrera and it'll be some headline hit his 500. Let's take a look at how he got there. Oh, and hypothetically, could who in an all time home run derby, would he win? And who's the next, who's the next closest to 500 or a mile? It'll be something dumb like that. Yeah, just some like, stupid shit. No, just celebrate Miguel Cabrera. Why does yeah. anybody else got to be brought into this conversation unless you just say where he is on the list? And exactly, I agree with you. And that's like, like, look at, like you said, like the prisoner of the moment, but it's also like they're not just giving you positive imagery over at Barstool, they're also. Like what other company would literally put online the video documentation of 
them being subpoenaed. <laughs> because only Portnoy yes. has the has the balls but intelligence to do that. Yeah. And like, dude, he got like what, like three million people across the world to watch him open boxes with a boxes of presents with a samurai sword during COVID. <laughs> and frozen pizza reviews. Yeah, like you can't like like you know, like you can't this uh yeah, it, it just it shows you how out of touch and out of depth ESPN is when it comes to reaching the the reaching what they need to reach. You know, ESPN yeah. is the idiot's way to like learn sports. You know, like a real like knowledgeable fan isn't going to be like, well, I saw on ESPN unless it's, yeah, I'll just look into the standings on ESPN. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. But uh, I'm glad I got that off my chest. I feel a little bit better about myself. Um, <laughs> all right. So college football right around the corner. It's coming up this weekend. Got some great games. Uh, Is it this weekend? Up. Yeah. This weekend. Well, it's kind of weird because it's like that that week like zero, you know, how it's like. Oh, uh, really... where they, they'll have like a couple kickoffs, but it's nothing like yeah. huge. Yeah. It's not the full like Slater or whatever. So I picked out a few games picked out a few games to cover more of just to talk about like the overall storylines not saying we got to predict each game but um but like one game that caught my eye was like nebraska at illinois just because nebraska with this investigation now um have you heard about that investigation (laughs) yeah it's like it's not even like they got caught like (laughs) like paying players they got caught holding practices when they should, weren't allowed to in COVID. Like, what a dumb thing to get caught for. It's so it's so stupid. And it just – it really just shows that people are just focused on the wrong things at the wrong times. I'm like, Scott – like, Scott Frost And how needs, far Nebraska has fallen from the elite. Oh, my God. Nebraska is so bad now. It is so bad. I was listening to a podcast with uh, Bo Pelini, and I was they're talking about – um. He was talking about like, oh yeah, we would have like nine, ten win seasons, and that wouldn't be enough in Nebraska. And I'm like, they would probably kill for that right now. And Scott, the Scott, you think the Scott Frost experiment is just not working out? And uh, do you think he's going to be fired at the end of the season, or do you think like uh, I think his his seat is definitely one of the hottest in um, in college football. Here's the thing with Nebraska, Nebraska fans, listen up. All three of you that might be listening to me right now. <laughs> Your football team is never going to be dominant again. You're never going to be the number one constantly contending. It's just not happening. You, you, your campus is in the middle of, you know, bumblefuck Nebraska. There's nothing to do anywhere. It's like a miserable looking town. It's a miserable looking city. Everyone always says that when they talk about, like, oh, my recruiting trip to Nebraska was, like, raining. It doesn't mean your people aren't nice. There's nothing nothing against that. But you're never getting back to the top. Just like, as much as it pains me to say, Colorado ain't getting there either. And they had the advantage of an amazing campus, too. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's Nebraska, you're never getting back there. You're never going to be there again. Not with the way the game is played today. Not with what the student athlete wants today. There's nothing you can do that is going to make you like appealing to anybody again. And these super conferences are only going to hurt you a little bit more. So you guys got lucky because you could void up your players and pay them when legally when the NCAA wasn't looking and the scope wasn't as big as it is now, but with 
and especially with nil or the and i what is it yeah it's nil with all that now and the resources all the other colleges have like nike with oregon and uh, under armor at maryland and you know like what do you have you have nothing nebraska you don't have any conglomerate like that that's going to be like well the nebraska is what the corn school like uh like you know what who, who produces corn oh the jolly green giant i don't you know it's <laughs> They're yeah, just, it's, it, they're done. They're done. And the, the fact that, like you said, the bigger point is if people don't, this shows that people really don't have their minds in the right places. That in the middle of a pandemic, this is last year, obviously, when people are dying left and right, getting sick left and right, we have no idea what's going on. There's no vaccine. There's none of this. All this other shit that's happening, like our country's being torn apart by riots and murders of like, cops and cops murdering other people and all this shit it was mass chaos and scott frost thought the most important thing to do was hold an illegal practice off campus for his team that eventually went what like five and five something like that and it's not even like i can't even say like i can't even say i'm not gonna sit here and say like scott frost should be under investigation for illegal practices and all like he's a football coach if, if, if I was him and someone said, if someone from the administration told me, hey, these are the times that you get to practice, I'd be like, fuck off. I get to practice whenever the fuck I get to practice. And just looking at Nebraska's schedule this year, they're going to suck again. Their last three games are Ohio State at Wisconsin and versus Iowa. That's three game, three losses right there. So the no three, sh- three, three of the five best teams in the Big Ten. Exactly. And – they may get and combine that that Michigan's going to be hungry to bounce back. That Michigan's going to be like a wounded dog. They're just going to try and do everything they can to survive. So it's always probably, a bounce back here at Michigan. Oh, <laughs> always next year. Always next year's a bounce. It's always back next year. year for khaki gym. Of course, I, <laughs> you may have to retire those khaki soon. Um, mm. At Oak, they got to go to Oklahoma uh, week four. That's not going to be fun. Like the, Dude, the they Brad- have to play Oklahoma this year. Yeah, at Oklahoma. So they're they're fucked. And I, Nebraska was just great at a time where it was like you had independence and you had these, like the right, like it was just a weird time for college football and it was just a different style. And even if, like, for people who do have ESPN Plus and you go watch the U documentary, Bernie Kosar talks about playing Nebraska in the Orange Bowl. And he was like, their past defenses were so archaic. They had never seen any off like pro-style offense like they had ever seen before. And it's not to trash what Nebraska did that like undefeated year or whatever they did. But it just shows that they were just popular at a different time. And like unless because they all do... they did was run. It was a they yeah. just they just ran a triple op. They ran ran an option offense or or a wishbone offense. And that you could get away with that shit back then. That's yeah. another reason you're hundred exactly. percent. That's no. Yeah. And now it's like, who, what, who's in Nebraska's quarterback? Who is it? Like, they don't have any weapons. I don't even Scott Frost is the only name that I do know on that team. And it just, they're done. Like you said, they're done unless they can pull off a miracle and they get the right coach and they, they completely look inside themselves and say like, all right, this isn't going to work. We got to go the complete opposite direction. You know, when mm-hmm. like, 
you know when you like go through a bad breakup and you're like i'm gonna com- date the complete opposite of type of <laughs> yeah, what i have you, you get you get safe about it yes yeah exactly but nebraska isn't gonna do that because i'm sure their administration is like too prideful and is gonna think like we don't need to tradi- we need to keep our tradition and satisfy our fans and it's like well you either satisfy your investors or you fucking win. So pick one. And the winning's going to satisfy the investors at some point. So I think they're just – The sad well. thing is, too, is that their quarterback isn't bad. Like, that kid can play. The Martinez uh, kid? Oh. Oh. Yeah, but uh, – I don't want to say Taylor. It's not Taylor because Taylor was his brother. But, like, he's Adrian, a solid Adrian player. Martinez. Yeah. What, is he a senior now? Junior. 6'2", 220, not bad size. I mean, yeah, he can run. He's got a decent – he's got an arm. It's just like – like you said, it's – it's they – college football just out just outran them or outpassed them, basically. It, it just left yeah, them they, in the dust, and they were still trying – they were still trying to win with, like, an option quarterback in um, – uh, what the hell is his name? The dude – Eric Crouch. Oh, my in God. In 2001 – that yeah. was the last time that they were like considered like a dominant team. And they went and they played Miami in that championship game when they shouldn't have because they got absolutely mauled by Colorado for the and didn't even win their they didn't win the Big 12, let alone they didn't win the Big 12 North. This is how long ago this was, <laughs> right? They somehow still got to the championship game and Miami showed how out of touch they were. With that out of how it touched Nebraska was when they absolutely steamrolled them. Granted, that Miami team was unfair because mm-hmm. what do they have like 26 players that were like first round picks or something? Just that team I, I, was a sight to behold. This comes up every year and kind of goes back to our conversation about like all the networks being prisoners of the moment. There's always those years where it's like, can Alabama really play in the NFL? But like oh, that, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. that University of Miami team in like oh one, uh, like even two thousand, like I'm not saying they would win or anything like that, but you they would you would gain their respect if they did play an NFL team. Like if they had it's a, not if they just had an be, actual quarterback, they they could they could have probably beat the shitty teams those years. Yeah, because like, those teams were loaded with talent. I look back at those rosters sometimes and I'm like, how did college football let this happen? Like, how did, how did this happen? But uh, yeah, so Nebraska probably going to suck. Kind of hilarious that Scott Frost is under investigation for illegal practices of all things. Um, but- I love it. I love it because growing up, I hated Nebraska just because they were at their, they were the 90s and they were the, the 90s version of Alabama, how Alabama is today. ESPN yeah. just blew them constantly so i i love that and they're colorado one of colorado's main rivals so i've always hated nebraska so i love watching this i definitely agree there um ohio state at minnesota ohio state's ranked number four this is on so this is like the weekend after so this is like really when the the full slate kicks off this is on thursday Uh night uh one reason i wanted to pin this game was well two reasons one how does osu look after justin field's departs and two is this a like how does pj flex somehow keep his job and prove that what he well, did because what he did two years ago yeah but now it's like they had such a bad year last year it's like it almost feels like what he did you see they lost they 
they lost everyone. Yeah, no, they lost everyone. And that's what I'm saying is like, I feel like he's kind of, his seat isn't hot, but I think it's kind of getting warmer a little bit because it's like, okay, when are they going to take the next step and really elevate? When are they going to be a consistent contender like they thought is yeah. what, like, like when I, when they, what were they, they were up to like number eight in the country or something two years ago with that team? Yeah, they were My climbing apologies. into the 10. Two of you, you hear Killian in the background doing an yeah, and be, he's making some noise. First, wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> um. But so, answer your first question. Um, as much as I hate it, I just think Ohio State is at that point where they don't rebuild; they just retool. Yeah. Um, they they announced their starter, yeah, uh, uh, um, like Friday or something like that. I think uh, I don't know who the kid is. I never looked at it. I'm not one of those guys that's like big, big into recruiting, like. I will. I'll check it out for Notre Dame when I like. I see that they got like a recruit. I'll see like what he was, what he's ranking stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not like, you know. So I know that they got that Quinn Ewers kid or whatever, who's like the next like big deal at quarterback from uh, Yep. Lake 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 Carroll or something like that or something. I forget what it's called. Yeah. Um But yeah, so I think it'll just be business. You know, like until business either Penn State or Michigan like actually gets their like gets it their together. shit together and has the same amount of talent that Ohio State does. Um, you know, and now with the NIL stuff, it's even like worse. It's like, you know, it's easy for these kids because you can go to schools like that and you don't have to like, you know, I don't care what anyone says, at somewhere like Ohio State and Alabama, like classes don't matter. People are like, oh, he's got a 3.7 GPA. It's like, yeah, because he's probably taking, like, home ec, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, I, 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 you know, I think they'll be in the playoff picture for the entire season. Maybe mm. they have one weird loss, um, which they've kind of become known for in this Urban Meyer, Ryan Day era. Uh, besides that, I, you know, uh, you know, they'll probably be in the Big 12, Big 10 championship game again. And, uh, you know, it'd be nice if they fell down a little bit, but we'll see. Um, Cause I think the second that this kid that they chose sound Saunders, CJ Stroud, Stroud. Okay. Uh, the second that if he, uh, the second he starts to slip a little bit, if he's not having a good, they'll go to you so quickly. And with the mm -hmm. way this kid's talked about, it wouldn't be surprising if he kind of has a, he's like Trevor Lawrence is a freshman. Yeah. Like that's what people are saying. And you know, all these like, ever since these prep rankings came up in like 2001, it feels like there's a quarterback every year. That's like, this is the highest rated quarterback ever that we've ever ranked. And yours is one of those other quarterbacks that falls in that line. Um, I agree. I think it's going to be business as usual for Ohio state. Uh, I don't know if it'll be this. I think it'll be a little bit rough uh, just to start things off. Um but like just offensively, I think it may be a little bit not as explosive as we saw last year. Right. Uh, but I, I still think they're going to be fine. Uh, Minnesota, I think it's going to be tough to come out and beat Ohio State week one, obviously. But I mean, why I just, is why is there a conference game that early? I money. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really going to argue. Why does with the it. Big Ten always do the because Nebraska, Illinois is another one. Cause they're probably trying to recoup money that they lost in the pandemic from like, and try and get those TV uh, ratings as big as possible. You know, they so do they that just in basketball too. They have like, they have like those random, like 
two one or two like conference games in December, and then they mm-hmm. go back to playing like out of conference for the rest of like the holiday season, and then they go back to conference by like so like they'll they have it's weird. I was I don't yeah, know if that's I, I think the same reason I, or what. I mean, this is just my guess would be they're trying to take advantage of the fact that maybe the bigger name programs aren't playing the highest level of competition. So they're going to probably be like, Oh, look, we got big 10 football immediately hitting the ground yeah. running. So that'll be my yeah. guess. Um, but yeah, let's just keep it moving. Cause we got a couple more games and then we'll do uh, the, we'll do a playoff college football playoff predictions for the end of the year and do champions. With um, PJ Fleck, I do. Uh, I, I don't know if you're down on it, but I think he, I think we'll eventually get that program to be a consistent nine nine game winner i think he can do really it. yeah I, I don't i don't believe it i i do not for whatever I like reason I, yeah i i'm sure he is a great coach i love row the boat all that type of stuff it just really felt like when they had momentum on their side and granted 2020 was a weird year in sports yeah they no got fans. decimated by covid and people dropping out they lost their offensive coordinator who went Rashad to your Bateman school opted out who was yeah, their best was, receiver Exactly. Yeah, so maybe, hey, maybe you can. I'm, you know what? Fuck it. I'll I'll jump on the bandwagon with you. I'll uh, you convinced me there. Um, uh, so yeah, I, we'll see. I think Big Ten set up a good week one. Um, but let's jump into uh a, a couple of big non-Big Ten matchups. I don't want this okay. to be a Big Ten football podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> two big headliners. I mean, I don't know about the second one, but Georgia at at Clemson um, and also Notre Dame at Florida state. I don't know so much about the second one, just because I think Notre Dame is going to come out and steamroll Florida state. This is more um, of a name. It's more of a name game in the sea where uh, Mike Norvell has that Memphis or has that Florida state team in his second year, I think. Yeah. And with the Georgia at Clemson uh, matchup, obviously Clemson is going to be Clemson. They're going to be similar. They're in the same boat as Ohio State. They're going to be in playoff contention the whole way. But with Georgia, how how many more chances is Kirby Smart going to get? You know what I mean? I mean, well, think about it. They let Mark Rick have – Mark Rick was there for 2000, 2001 until – when did he leave? Like 2015 was his last year maybe, 2016? uh 2015 was his last season yeah okay so right so he had what either 14 or 15 seasons there he made it to maybe four sec championship games never Uh, won an sec maybe one i think maybe he won one sec title he won two he won two yeah 2002 and 2005 i was gonna say one of them early on didn't he yeah um so, and you know, he, they, he, he was, it's not like they, there was ever like a dip, like they were always consistent. So, um, you know, Georgia is a top tier program, but they're not like Georgia fans want to put themselves on the same level as like Alabama. And mm-hmm. it's like not even close. They have one title in 1980 and they haven't come close since. Like the, the, the only other time that they really, were close to it was in 2000 and that 2002 team and Georgia's Georgia's thing is that they uh um what did I what did I I saw I saw a thing and it was like 
Georgia fans are uh, have Alabama confidence with um, like somebody's trophy case, and it was like, and it was like <laughs> a team that had like one has won one trophy or whatever. <laughs> and um, but yeah, so I think that you know, as long as he keeps putting out ten to eleven. Uh, 10 and 11 game winners every year. I think they'll keep yeah. giving them a shot and, and hoping that one of these years, I mean, you have them. They were so incredibly, incredibly unlucky to not win that year. They, oh, they lost. Yeah. It was 2017, 2018, whatever it was. Yeah. That, that, that two a game, you know, that was just, yeah. it, it was going to go down defense, in college football yeah. history. It's just one of those times. It's like, fuck man. Like you, it, Saban made the right move with changing quarterbacks and you can't even when two is a true freshman and has played probably three snaps going into that game it's like are you really going to fault Georgia for not scouting the backup quarterback like, mm-hmm. so but it, it, when, if, when it feels like the fa- the last half decade they've been incredibly close I just have the, they- the, the gut feeling where it's going to be like the the either the ad or the the administration is going to be like all right we need to change to get someone bring someone in to get us over the hump you know he did a great job building the program etc cetera, etc cetera, yada 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 administration spiel bullshit and they're going to they have a quarterback jt daniels yeah oh right yeah um so but i think they're gonna they're just gonna say listen he he didn't he didn't win when it mattered most, unfortunately. Or then they won't even say that, but they'll imply it. And I think right. this year, this year is going to be a big prove it year, in my opinion. And if they can come out and beat Clemson first week against Dabo Sweeney, DJ Ugalele in his first real start, um, it's going to be really impressive. And that's that's going to be a huge step forward. So I think this is week one, got some pivotal games. Yeah, um, so there's a couple. I mean, Alabama and Miami. That's a big. That's a big one for Miami to kind of like. You know, ESPN will tout it up and be like, "Is it Miami finally back for the seventh time since like 2014?" The answer <laughs> is probably not, but uh, we'll see. Um, but you know, that'll be fun to see if their their offense with Derek King can produce a little fun. Um, you'll see how how dominant Alabama might be this year. And um, I think. Just just hitting on the Alabama point, I think not have like they just had an all time draft class that left. So yeah, these last these last two years. So is this where you're going to see like Alabama fall like LSU did this year, and they just they lost so much talent that they're not the same at least. No, because I think Alabama is built differently than any other team in the country, and um, I think that it was like that LSU thing was finally just the culmination of all the talent hitting at the right time. Mm-hmm. Whereas Alabama always just has that because they lose like six first rounders and they just replace them with six more future first rounders. Yeah. They just, so reload. like their, their backups could start for most teams. You know, yeah. I hate it. I hate to watch it. Um, I can't stand it. I think Saban's kind of a prick. He comes off as a prick. I don't know him, obviously, so I, I don't know. He might be in the hey, sky. If we, but... knew, if we knew Nick Saban, shit. Yeah, um, we'd be or the podcast would be bigger, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't be talking with you about college football. Yeah, if we knew Nick Saban. I'd be trying to get him on it. That's true. So, um, 
Yeah, so we'll see. You know, it, it's it's a it is it's one of those games early on that, um, you know, the good thing is it's early in the season, so you could see it where the winner of that game necessarily doesn't even have the best better season. Where you could see like Clemson beats Georgia, but then Georgia regroups, gets it mm-hmm. together, or vice versa, and by the end of the year, the winner is like got two losses, and the other one only has one, and they're in the playoff, and the other one isn't. Yeah. So it I think it's a wild year of college football. Right. It should be a fun game. Like I said, then there's that Alabama Miami game. We'll see. Um, there's how a couple did, how, big you, matchups in the Big Ten, as you mentioned. How, how are you feeling about Notre Dame? Because you're a Notre Dame fan. How are you, how are you feeling about them? This so I've really loved the, um, the defensive coordinator. They, they swiped from Cincinnati. He already seems to be like making a huge impact on the recruiting trail. Okay. Um, and, you know, obviously Cincinnati's defense was really good last year. And so um, hopefully he can he can keep going what our, um, our defensive co- coordinator, Clark Lee, who left to go be Vanderbilt's head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully he can just keep that momentum going that he had built up. Uh, that said, you know, we did lose a decent amount of talent. Um we still got the talent in on our D line, regardless of the losses. The biggest, the biggest loss is going to be losing Jock uh, Jeremiah Wusu Um He will, he'll be that'll hurt the most. Um, however, we have what I, who I consider to be the best safety in the country, in Kyle Hamilton. The dude's just a baller. Um, on offense, we have a great running backs group. Um, we just got two four stars, or one five star, and one four star wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, came in. We got one from last year who now has a year under his belt that, you know, that maybe he can step up. Uh, we have one of the best tight ends in the country and Michael Mayer. The biggest question is for Porter game is quarterback. Um, Ian Book was what he was. You know, by the end of his tenure there, like he had won me over, but, you know, he wasn't a game changer. Mm-hmm. Uh, They've named Jack Cohn as the starter. Um, yeah. We'll see how that goes. We have – or they, they, not we. Their name has a sophomore, and this kid's name, his name is Drew Pine. He's a little undersized, um, but he was, like, one of, like, the best prep quarterbacks ever, like, had one of the best, like, prep quarterback careers ever. Mm-hmm. And then the other big thing is they got this kid that came in from Colorado or from California – um, who was a big recruit that they got, um, who's a uh, true freshman. His name's like Tyler Buchner or Buckner or something like that. And uh, he's a running quarterback with a cannon. So right. as Notre, most Notre Dame fans are very excited about, maybe he is the guy that can um, kind of take the offense to the next level. Um, because that's what you need. You need a you need a really good defense. You need some playmakers, which we have. And, and you need a guy to just a, unlock that second gear for the offense. Yeah, you need a quarterback that is a complete game changer, like a Deshaun Watson or Tua or uh, Joe Burrow or you know so on and so forth. Um, so the biggest thing that scares me is the schedule. I don't know yeah. if you've seen it, but I I just looked up the schedule as you were talking. Stacked. Florida State to open, and then Toledo and Purdue. Okay, and then a a three to five week run of just pure misery. 
Wisconsin, hosting Wisconsin and Cincinnati, going to Virginia Tech, and then hosting USC and North Carolina, that's going to be a, a gauntlet. That's going to be tough. Yeah, it's not. Do we have Michigan this year? No, I don't think so. Right. Let me check. Um, yeah, no, no Michigan on the docket. So, and, and here's the thing, too. It's, you look at that, that schedule, and this goes for everyone. This is, and you never really know how it's going to be. They, mm-hmm. they could get to the middle of that, that schedule, and Virginia Tech could be a surprise team, and they could be, like, number 15. Yeah. Um, I, I do think um, North Carolina, I don't think they should be ranked number 10. They lost way too much talent. Sam Howell's a good quarterback, but I think – Sam Howlitzer? Yeah, I, by the time they dude, get I'm to, all in on UNC the last couple of years. Oh, they've been fun, but I just think they lost – they're the two best receivers. They're two best running backs. They did lose a lot. So but. unless their defense is going to step up, uh, yeah. I don't, you know, we'll hey, see. And Mac Daddy, I trust. Right. So, no, it's – and then, you know, Wisconsin's Wisconsin. They're, they're another team that's every year. It's They're this close, they're this close, and then they always have one dumb game like Illinois where mm-hmm. they just – it sinks them and they, they go down. So, uh, you know – it's do you, still do you have a uh, do you have a record prediction for Notre Dame? What is it? Eleven games? Yeah. Uh, no, twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Twelve. Big brain. Big brain. Math. Nine and nine and three. I I think that's reasonable. Yeah. I mean, best case scenario is eleven and one. I don't yeah. think they'll go undefeated. Um, because like I said, there's, there's one of those ranked teams they have right now on their preseason schedule, the four teams are ranked and they face them in that five week stretch. One of those ranked teams is not going to be ranked by the time they get to Notre Dame gets them. And Mm -hmm. one of these unranked teams will, I don't know who it is. It wouldn't surprise me if it's Virginia tech. I was going to say Virginia tech's definitely going to sneak it. I can see Virginia tech sneaking into like that 23 ish range, like sneaking, cracking into the top 25. Mm -hmm. Um, that Cincinnati game is going – I have a feeling it's going to be, like, a classic. And I am really excited because um, I think – I just think that's going to be a great matchup. I agree. Wisconsin – Wisconsin is just always one of those tough teams that's going to knock you in the mouth, and you're just going to have to deal with it no matter what. And it's never going to be a pleasant. You're always going to come out with scars and scrapes and shit like that. That's not uh, a home game either. That's a neutral, neutral site. site. I, think I think we're playing them at – Lambo or uh, the bear or soldier soldier. So yeah, neutral site um, Cincinnati coming into Notre Dame. I'm, I'm intrigued to see how Cincinnati is going to handle home atmosphere like that. Um, and that UNC, I think that UNC one, the USC and UNC. So Southern Cal and Northern Carolina, those two matchups, the offense is really going to have to come alive because I don't, I don't think the defense is going to really be able to hold for much. They're going to play tough, I think, for those Wisconsin and Cincinnati and Virginia Tech games, but there's going to have to be a point where that offense is going to have to pick up the pace, and those two games are going to be critical. Um, oh, my God. They're at they're in Blacksburg again? Yeah. That's my <laughs> biggest fear because if Virginia Tech somehow starts getting putting wins together and they get some momentum. And, and they get that home crowd. Yes. ESPN is going to make that a, a fucking night game in Blacksburg. I know they will. 
Yeah. So yeah, yeah, we'll see. Like I said, nine nine and three wouldn't surprise me. You know, that's, that's next year is really the year is the year that um, I think they will be a better be back to being a more serious player. Um, I can't say contender until we beat a team for real. Yeah. Uh, as much as I like that Clemson win last year, it doesn't count, you know? Uh, uh-huh. so, um, yeah, until we can actually beat an Alabama or a fully healthy Clemson yeah. or a, you know, Ohio state, uh, I, you know, I'm still just, a, but a I'm, sing- that's not me saying get rid of Brian Kelly, because I think he is finally starting to build on some of the men on the end. Uh, the um these recruiting classes that they're putting in like they're they're starting to get better and they're starting to get higher recruits now obviously it's what these recruits do when they get to the stadium it's not just like guaranteed that because they're a four and five star that they're going to make the team that much better but we'll we'll see yeah it's steady progress um but let's round out we'll we'll finish off this episode with some uh who we're going to predict to be in the uh the playoff and maybe predict the national champion at the end of the year um playoff i'm gonna go one through four number one i think is going to be uh clemson i think dj ungalele is gonna have a great year and Dabo sweeney he like clemson there hasn't been much noise around clemson uh for the most part and i think they're just kind of you know we're gonna see these with all these playoff teams they're just gonna reload and just go and I think Clemson is going to have a really strong uh, season. And I think Alabama, I think Alabama is set for that, like two, another like weird two loss season again that mm-hmm. people aren't expecting. Um, and I have a feeling that Bryce Young coming in right away, making six figures already, which <laughs> is, should be illegal. Um, but yeah, I think Alabama's going to struggle a couple of games and they're going to fall a little bit. I still think they're going to make the playoff. Um, but number one, I'm going to go Clemson. Number two, I'm going to go uh, Ohio State. I'm not buying into Oklahoma as a number two. I don't think they're going to play nearly strong enough to really make a valid case that you could say that's a number two team at the end of the year or really top four, top five team at the end of the year. It's just that's just a quarterback factory at that point. It feels like Oklahoma is more of a minor league development of quarterbacks to me, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, it, I've, I've kind of like kept throwing this up in the air. I don't because that number three spot. I, I want to put Alabama in there and I think they will end up there. Number three, I think, is a solid prediction. But number four, this is not the fan in me. This is me being completely honest. I think they're going to have a year that's going to catch a lot of people by surprise is the Penn State Nittany Lions. I think it's they your will. quarterback. As of now, Sean Clifford. That, Sean Clifford, you, as of now. Until they figure that out. I just I, – I don't know why. I just feel like this well, – actually, I do know why. Maybe I'm lying to myself. But they come in with a, a banger of a recruit class. It was like top 10 national recruit class, national recruiting class. Um, they finished the season on a positive note. They had a horrendous start. And I think everyone with fans is going to be such a game changer that I don't oh, think yeah. people will comprehend. Happy Valley is going to be crazy. That Happy first Valley is going to be nuts. 
it, it might be gonna... there might be like an earthquake it might that might like set off an earthquake <laughs> it'll be some apocalyptic type movie type shit where it's just the the center of the town just like cracks in half and i think it's just going to be so wild how many that... people are going to get arrested that weekend <laughs> oh my god they're not gonna ha- they're not gonna have enough room they're not gonna have enough room and the police cars or the prisons to really yeah. host that many drunken people it's not just the teenagers um so I think Penn State's set up for an electric year with the return of fans, and I'm going to put them number four. Uh, and I, I think w- when they match, they're obviously going to match up with Clemson. I don't think they're going to have the talent to beat Clemson. I think we're just going to see another Clemson-Alabama installment just because that's what it feels like it is at this point. Like, Right. Unless some miracle happens and some group of five team goes undefeated, and then this is the year that the committee's like, oh, yeah, well, now we'll give you a chance. But – I think it's going to be another Clemson, Alabama series installment. And then um, at that point, I think maybe I, I just give it to Alabama because I think Nick Saban's just Nick Saban. And that's just the Saban factor at that point. So no, it's no, Alabama it's, national champion. I mean, such a shot. Your new, your new uh, Penn State's new offensive coordinator has a proven track record. Yes. I mean, he, he can't, it's Mike Yorch. He came from Texas. Texas had the number six rank offense last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they averaged like 43 points per game. Uh, he basically made Sam Ellinger into, you know, God down there. You know, the second coming of like a Colt McCoy almost. It was an electric offense. They put points on the board. So if Jahan he can somehow Dotson, on, on Earth something. Stays, Jahan Dotson stays here, which was huge. I did not think he, he was going to stay. Um, I think the, the backfield will be steady. Clifford brings experience. He doesn't have the most explosive arm, but he's bringing back experience. And I think an offensive system overhaul is going to really show that like this offense is more dynamic than we think, than people think. Well, yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah, it uh, absolutely. It's, it's not a chip Kelly offense where there's only six plays, you know, it's, yeah. it's no, it's an offense that he, it, it, he, he comes from the, the, the air raid school of air raid. And uh, you know, Anybody who learned from Dana White or Mike Leach or D- not Dana White, Dana um, Holger, <laughs> wrong sport, Dana Holgerson <laughs> and Mike Leach, uh, their offense is going to be potent. So um, they could put points up, maybe, you know. Um, I guess uh, uh, I'm not, you know, it's probably going to be Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State. Yeah. It's boring, but unfortunately, yeah. that's just how it is every year. Uh-huh. Even when Alabama only has two losses, they, they somehow sneak in. Um, somehow. Maybe, you know, if Texas A&M had, didn't, didn't lose Kellen Mond, even though he's not the greatest QB, I just mean, like, in general, like, because it's consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, you could maybe say them, but losing Kellen Mond hurts, and I think they had some other departures. Yeah. Uh, Iowa State, um, I know it's not, like, coming out of nowhere because they're – ranked number seven in the preseason, but they got a bunch of three and four year starters in that team. Don't yeah. be surprised if somehow they, they finally get over that hump and they win that big game and, and come out of the big 12. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, no, that's and definitely then, true. You, know, you never know. There's always that one team we're not, we're not thinking about. Could it be LSU on a rebound? Cause could USC put it all together? Could, you know, uh, Oregon do something, um, yeah. you know, it's a lot. I'm looking at a lot of this, these teams in this top 25, and obviously, a lot of it's based on last year. But it's like, 
You know, Oklahoma State, it's been a couple years since they were any good. Uh, yeah. Lane Kiffin, year two at Old Miss, you know, they, they they put up points last year on Bama. Does he have yeah, enough they, finally to do it this to do something this year? Yeah, this year is going to be a lot of like which team can catch which team at the right time and like mm-hmm. deliver that haymaker that no one's really expecting. And we're so still dealing it, with COVID too, so you got to remember that there, there's going to be these games where somebody gets sick and has to miss two weeks. Yeah, or you know? the conferences make the teams forfeit and everything like that. So it's going to be wild. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, do you have a national champion? Do you think it's going to be Alabama, or do you think uh, someone else could take the crown? Um, let's say Clemson. I think Clemson gets another one this year. Solid pick. All right, I'm going to go Alabama. You'll go Clemson. And uh, yeah, that should about do it for this show. Thank you all for tuning in. As I said at the top of the show, rate five stars, follow, subscribe, unsubscribe, and then resubscribe, all that type of stuff. Help us get the algorithms up. Uh, And yeah, we'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks.